Alright folks, how you all doing? Hope you all enjoyed the World Cup. <clears throat> um it's been it's been I think after like the first games it's been quite quite entertaining. Um really and been enjoying it. Uh, last last week or so World Cup's been excellent. Um I must confess it's uh we've had a few goals eaten edited it's saying at a decent Brazilian. Um we've sent uh Fred, Alex Tellez, Cleverson People like out there um, finally get to see a real Brazilian and Casemiro. How great is that? Um, I hope you're all doing well. Um, just doing a United podcast. Haven't done one obviously in a couple of weeks. Not much has been happening. Sort of give it a break, give it a break. Uh, really, has much to talk about beyond the fact um, obviously the takeover and United's impending sale. And uh, you know, I've seen quite a bit of commentary on this. Um, about potential buyers and all that there. and one of the things that does concern me a bit I'll be honest is the potential of United to be sold to an American investment company I have been reading and hearing that that was their preference um, to deal with American investment companies and with the Glazers you must remember everything is in their best interest nobody else's and these are people that only do anything for money so they'll do with whatever benefits them financially the most. And what worries me about an American investment company, I work with American investment companies. I'm not saying that Americans here. Um, this is true of pretty much all investment companies uh, anywhere in the world. The raison d'etre is to invest, flip, sell at a profit. Um, and they're usually extremely heartless in how they go about pursuing that profit. Uh, it's very rarely done in a manner that's consistent with values. People saying, well, investment companies have to invest, they have to keep the fans on side. And to a degree, I mean, the Glazers, if they'd have got away with the Super League, they wouldn't have cared whether the fans are on side. They'll make the same bet they always make. That eventually you'll forgive and just start focusing on the football because our love for this football club transcends all the bollocks that goes on outside it. And they've got away with that. They've made that bet for 17 years. And they've been successful with it. So I'm not filled with optimism that if United could take it over by an investment company, they'll make sure they keep the fans happy. Especially if you get all of Europe's top football clubs doing this. You take a look at the mess that Juventus are in. You take a look at the mess Barcelona are in. You can see why they want the Super League. Um, and obviously now United and Liverpool up for sale. So... What would also concern me about an investment company is if they did decide to sell to an investment company, um, and there's, why would they prefer to do that? <clears throat> My view on that is that they will sell United at a knockdown price to an investment company um, on the premise that they remain involved in a clandestine manner. Now, they know they're toxic to the brand. They've clearly been making an effort since the summer, really, a complete change of, of tact for them to silence Glazer Out protest, Glazer Out voices, um, any imagery of Glazer Out. I believe they were doing that because they were trying to convince people who want to invest in the football club that they can still be a profitable and successful football club with the Glazers involved. Um, they Remember, they've been trying to do this for years. They've been trying to get outside investment for years. They've been... They've been um, been at this game for a while they haven't been successful it's impossible for them to roll back from the position that they're in now where they've come out and said 
yes, the football club will look at a sale offer. You can't turn around three months from now and go, actually, we've reconsidered. Um, there's nowhere for them to go. There is obviously a lot of interest, but what we need fans are going to have to really watch out for is to make sure there's proper uh, teeth in the uh, regulation from the Premier League. I do believe that the Premier League's worst nightmare, and no disrespect to City or Newcastle here, is the league being dominated by City and Newcastle as a commercial entity. That would be a nightmare for the Premier League. Um, I think they're going to make sure that both United and Liverpool are bought by people um, that don't repeat what was done with the Glazers. I mean, commercially for every other Premier League club, they need to be successful. It is integral to the value of the, the TV rates, um, to the value of the Premier League. They also need Liverpool to be successful. And I know other fans will call United fans arrogant for saying that, but that's a fact. Um, so both United and Liverpool are confronted with a unique situation that they've already been asking the question for a long time. Can they be a successful commercial entity, not challenging, not winning league titles, not winning European Cups? Now, and the answer to that is no. Uh, if you look at United from a commercial landscape, their Adidas deal is up in 2025. So those deals get negotiated a year and a half out. If they go to the table right now with Adidas, with no change in sight, there's no way they're getting the contract they got a decade ago. So they're going to take a hit there. The shirt sponsors already served notice that they want to leave. Going to take a hit there. Um, their biggest commercial entity has just been sacked. Big problem for your sponsors and your contracts. Um, the stadium's a mess. The commercial revenue hasn't grown in four years. At least four years. Um... The training ground is an embarrassment um, in, in relation to other football clubs. You look at Real Madrid, look at the stadium they're building. You look at Spurs, other football clubs, top football clubs. Bayern Munich moved in the Allianz Arena. Yeah, it had been left behind. And idiots who claim Ronaldo's responsible for this just don't understand exit strategies on a business that says. Um, that's obviously been in place for a long time. And there's been lots of hints that this is coming anyway. If you look at how they did business this summer, I definitely believe they reached the decision in the summer that this was something they were going to see through. Um, you look at the Casemiro deal. When you never wanted to, when when Solskjaer wanted Thiago Alcantara, I've talked about this in the podcast before. Um, there was a steadfast refusal from Joe Glazer to sanction that deal because of his age. Now, Thiago Alcantara, Alcantara was available at half the price Casemiro was and was a year younger. Every single contract renewal has been based on the premise of resale value. So all of a sudden you needed to abandon resale value um, to send a 30-year-old Brazilian who is a Rolls-Royce footballer. But let's be honest, if Brentford doesn't happen and if United aren't going to be put up for sale, I don't think either of those deals happen. So... Um, I believe that when January comes around, if Ten Hag wants money, the Glazers will be really confident of selling United. The question will be, what price will they get for it? Um, I believe if Ten Hag wants players in January, he'll get money. I mean, even if you're going to spend $60 million or so, um, it's it's around an hour for the people that are interested in buying United. Um, obviously, 
we want people to buy the football club. I, personally, all I want is someone to buy the football club who's a responsible owner, where there's no debt commitments, where there's no dividend commitments. If that is done, you know, we'll be able to spend plenty of money every year. They're obviously going to have to find a billion somewhere for a stadium. If you went into debt to buy a new stadium, I don't think that's bad. I don't think there's anything wrong with that um, because that money's been reinvested back in the football club. But obviously, you know, it can't be a billion in debt or there are abouts um, for the privilege of being owned by charlatans. So I don't want to see anything similar to what was done with the Glazers. Football, I know the Super League gets a bad name, right? Um, and and uh, trust me, I, I, I don't like it. But football has a serious competitive balance problem. That's something that has to be done. You've got Bayern Munich, what have they won the league 10 years in a row, 11 years in a row or something like that. Uh, and so there's so many of the top leagues now in Europe. I mean, the France League, I know Lille won it two seasons ago, but... Um, it's not competitive. This is not good for football. And even the English League, United and Liverpool are being faced with the same problem. Um, they, they just can't compete. It's simple to assume that in four or five years, if United and Liverpool aren't bought by proper owners, that Newcastle and, and City are going to dominate that league. What happened at City could have happened at Leighton Orient if they'd have been bought by the same people. Could have happened at any football club being bought by the same people. It's 100% down to how they're being financed. So, of course, Newcastle will do the same. So, in my opinion, I would be surprised if someone like Jim Ratcliffe ends up owning the football club, partly because I don't see Jim Ratcliffe paying the type of prices the Glazers want. United are not worth anywhere close to what the Glazers are asking for. As we've already pointed out, the business isn't really that profitable. Their commercial deals are a mess. Um, they were once admired across the world for their business uh, acumen. Now it's a mess. Uh, players don't really want to go there. Uh, they, there's so much uncertainty. Champions League's not a guarantee like it once was. Uh, there's fiscal penalties in their, in their contract with Adidas for not qualifying for the Champions League. And you look at what it's going to cost to compete, cost to borrow money, everything else. The Glazers have to sell this football club. There is no potential to continue to own this football club in, in its current state. Because, you know, the, 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 the extrapolations of, I mean, of all of those things, the, the commercial contract on the, football, on, the, on the kit, everything else, you know, is, is, is going to be, I mean, Nike bailed on United for this reason. Um, and now Adidas will pay nowhere near what um, they paid a decade ago. Uh, if you look at where Adidas are making a lot of their money, it's on the original stuff, it's on the old, you know, it, it, it's basically a remix of the stuff they made in the 80s. So when I look at the Glazers and I look at their financial viability, there's no potential of them continuing to own this football club. We'd like it to be done as quick as possible. There's obviously a lot of offers. I mean, Chelsea had over 100 offers. By the time you get through all those, um, you have to get letters of intent, you have to get proof of funds, all those types of things, and money has to go into escrow, and there's due diligence that has to be done. Um, then you, of course, have to go through the, the process for the Premier League. Um, and I think when you've got football clubs that says, uh, and you've got potential owners, there's a lot of 
skullduggery that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, you know, you end up having front men on football clubs being funded by people um, that don't want their name and, and, and don't want it known that they're running football clubs. And I'm not going to uh, say much more on that, but a particular football club this summer, from or a particular football club uh, that was bought, uh, I don't know if it was this summer, but some of the money behind the scenes there is, is, is a bit dubious, shall we say. So I think uh, being realistic, United are probably going to end up being owned by either an American investment company or a Middle Eastern, um, you know, whether it's from a Saudi state fund or someone like that. Uh, it's not ideal, you know. Um, I'm going to be probably a flagrant hypocrite on it because I know I've led in the city, I've led in the Newcastle, um, and the reality is, as we've all found out, it's really hard to walk away from something you love as much as this. I've had moments where I've wobbled in the past. I was really disillusioned this summer. Um, but football is really important for my mental health. And it sounds like a weak excuse, but it is. So is Manchester United. I mean, I miss watching them. Not many things can make me feel the way I felt when Granacho scored or when United won the European Cup in 99. Maybe the birth of my children. But there are a few things in life that can make me feel like that. And I know you're the same. And of course, kleptocratic owners know this too. This is what they exploit. They know that you love the football club and they know that you'll tolerate just about anything because of this reason. But um, I think uh, I, 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 I just want a decent human being to own the football club. I think it's <laughs> I think it's a really sad state of affairs that there's so few of them who are billionaires uh, that are thoroughly decent people. I would, per I would prefer Jim Ratcliffe to own a football club. I don't think it will be Jim Ratcliffe, simply because, as I said, it's going to be the price will end up being so far above what United are actually valued at. I don't see someone like Jim Ratcliffe even, uh, you know, are they going to spend? Is he going to spend five billion on United? I don't think so. Uh, and of course, whatever happens with Liverpool will have a major impact on United and vice versa. If United end up getting bought before Liverpool by some Saudi Arabian or some Middle Eastern, and I, want to, I also want to clarify something. I don't have an issue if just because they're from Saudi Arabia or just because they're from Qatar, just because of that, because that, that is genuinely bigoted. Um, my issue would be is the source of the money. But if Liverpool get bought by someone like that, then there's no prospect of United being bought by someone in a similar situation to the Glazers because in order to compete, they're going to need someone that's commensurate with what, wealth-wise, with who bought Liverpool and vice versa. If United get bought first, Liverpool will have to be exactly the same. If you're someone that's coming in there like an investment company whose goal is to flip the club in a couple of years or make money off the revenue, uh, one of the things that's been made clear is that you can't do that unless you're successful on the pitch. You know, for clubs like United, the game is up. You know, when you've got someone like Ronaldo coming out, um, and of course it was hypocritical, you know, uh, you know, slaughtering you over your commercialism, 
It makes it really, really hard to continue to be a prostitute that way because people see through it all. You know, the messaging doesn't land the same. You need to melt their history commercially as much as possible. They need to be successful now. And they've got a great manager. They're, there's, they're making progress. And the only way that job gets seen through is if he's properly supported. So, yeah, obviously, they, they play on Wednesday, which we're looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to seeing United, uh, if they can maintain the momentum. I, I don't know whether this break is good or bad. I'll take some of your questions in a minute, by the way. Is good or bad um, for the football club? I think for some players it's good. For Jadon Sancho, I think it's better that Sancho didn't go to the World Cup, sit on the bench, um, not play. You know, For me, when I saw him against Chelsea, he looked completely off mentally, physically. His body language, the, the lad looked like he was struggling with something. And I know he's deleted his social media and all that there. If he is struggling with something, he has every right to do that in private. And he deserves our support. So hopefully a customised training plan for the next few weeks for Sancho and Holland will um, help him find his confidence again. Because I feel like he's a player with a, an identity crisis. Like, is he a winger? You know, in my opinion, if you look at Sancho's goals this season, they've all come from central positions. He is more of a a creative false nine player, if you like, than a winger, because he doesn't have the pace. If you look at Garnacho, Garnacho is so obviously a winger, and that's what United need in that position. I mean, if, Garn if Sancho's on the last five minutes against Fulham, United don't score that goal. Um... And so that's also a problem for Sancho. You've got this exceptional young talent who's delivering. Uh, same way to associate that. I don't think Sancho scores that goal. But maybe there's a place for Sancho in the middle somewhere. You know, you've seen Bruno being pushed out wide for Portugal. Maybe there's a, there, there's something that he could do there. I think uh, they need to move on to be gone in January. You don't get three years to prove you're a Manchester United player. And he's been given every chance. You know, new managers, new styles of play, you know, Ten Hag's come in. It's time to, to move Van der Beek on. And I just wonder if he's looking at this Dutch team going, I have to get out of this football club. Um, and as Van der Beek, or as, as Ten Hag quite rightly said, it doesn't make sense for him to go out and loan. So hopefully United can, can move a couple on in January. And I know we, we talked about a striker, which United clearly need. You know... It'd be nice to see one, uh, one or two more come in. It'd be nice to see a right-back come in because I would worry about Dallow staying fit all season. If Dallow doesn't stay fit all season and you need to have to play Wan-Bissaka, it's going to greatly impact how they play. Uh, I know Palace were interested in Wan-Bissaka over the summer. So um, I think they could definitely resurrect that deal in January. And with new owners on the horizon, you know they're going to be a lot less price-sensitive. Um easily do a deal with an option to buy in the same same way they did with Dean Henderson. Uh, and then, of course, go out and replace those players. It's going to be really interesting to see how United operate without having those financial constraints. I mean, you look at Jude Bellingham. I mean, it's just impossible to watch that kid without being fucking livid at Woodward for not getting that deal over the line. And you look at the players that... I know Solskjaer divides opinion. I love Solskjaer from a generation where I watched him as a footballer. I absolutely adore him. Except he wasn't uh, the answer when it came to being a manager, but I don't agree with a lot of the abuse that comes his way, especially when you look at the players that he asked for. If Solskjaer had got the players that he asked for, or even Ranić, half of them, 
you know, would not be in the situation they were in. I uploaded a tweet a week ago um, where it showed United's midfield against Sheffield United, comprised of Brandon Williams, Aaron Wambasaka, Fred, and Scott McTominay. I mean, Jesus Christ. High on earth United's recruitment team allowed that to happen is unbelievable to me. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see how United operate whenever they don't have the financial constraints that the Glazers put on them, and not just the financial constraints, but the operational constraints, because everything was so slow. You know, this is why United were involved in sagas. Every minutia, every minor detail had to be approved by Joe Glazer. So I really think, you know, with United, you'll see a better John Murder. You'll see uh, United operate properly as a football club because they won't have those constraints. And they don't miss out on Jude Bellingham a second time. I think they didn't need to move on from Frankie de Jong. I think that, honestly, like, uh, it was de Jong or Casemiro, and I'm glad they ended up with Casemiro. Uh, brilliant, brilliant footballer. And has surprised me a bit, I suppose, with his creative side of his game. You know, I don't watch enough of Spanish football. But I thought he was more of a defensive holding midfielder. Um, but now you can see, I was watching him with United, uh, watching him with Brazil, you can see that he is the alternative to Frankie de Jong. So I think all things being equal, I'm glad he ended up with Casemiro and not de Jong. Uh, as far as, um, I'll take some of your questions here. So first of all, folks, thanks for, for logging on and joining me. By the way, if you get a chance, go check out my No Filter podcast. Um, it's a podcast comprised of interviews with different people every week which is something that I love doing. That's at NoFilter, P-H-I-L-T-E-R. Thank you for that, folks. Appreciate your support. Um, just want to say hi to all the people mentioning me in the comments. Hope you're all well, folks. Hope your mental and physical health as well. Uh, we'll get to this one. Uh, Florentino was correct when talking about type of fans versus legacy fans, those defending Ronaldo. Look, one of the things that we have to accept is that young people identify with the game in a way that you and I don't, or people of my generation don't. And so... Um, clubs are also partly responsible for this because they create individual brands around players. So you have fans that support players more than they support clubs. I don't understand that personally. So we'll never, we'll never agree. I, I, we saw this with Solskjaer where people, you know, hated Solskjaer and, and their support of the football club was contingent upon their Solskjaer not being manager and all this. I don't understand those people personally. Um, I, some people support a team, some people support a club. I support a football club. Uh, that means the football club comes before any player, any manager, and anyone else. Uh, what we've seen with Ronaldo is that uh, it surprised me in many ways. I, I didn't... I, obviously, he has an ego, which we have, we've known. And in many ways, that's part of what makes him great. But I didn't realise he was so such a child. And the problem is when you're not delivering, that's been indulged his whole career, which is fine because he's always delivered, but when he's no longer delivering, then that is no, as I say, juice is no longer worth the squeeze with Ronaldo. And uh, United are, well, even if they don't send anyone, there'll be a better football club for him not being there. Uh, and I guarantee you there's a bunch of players, that, well, I know there's a bunch of players not dressing him, will be delighted at his departure. Um, and I think... In many ways, United are going to, it, it, it's going to be liberating because there'll be no more indulgence and uh, Ten Hag has handled that immensely well. 
Uh, let's see what else we got. Um, do you think a scenario play regarding the Newcastle owners? So, what really was the, one of the biggest issues with Newcastle was TV rights, more than anything. Um, piracy issues over um, the Premier League with, uh, you know, BN Sports and Qatari uh, outfit, of course. So, Premier League will be careful. This is why I don't see Apple or Amazon being allowed to buy United. They're broadcasters. Uh, the Premier League are not going to want a broadcaster owning a football club the size of Manchester United. They would be able to hold them to ransom on television rights. They'd be afraid of them breaking the collective bargaining deal. So I don't see Apple or Amazon or anyone that broadcasts football being allowed to take over uh, a Premier League club. But I could certainly see individuals from that part of the world uh, well, that I know they're interested. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me to see someone from Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Bahrain, somewhere like that, and by United. I'd be, maybe be a bit more surprised if it was from the UAE. Like I've heard people talking about people from Dubai. Um, I can't see that happening, obviously, with the Manchester City conflict. Um, well, what as I was saying before, what I was told about a week ago on this, maybe not as long ago, was that. Um, the Glazers' preference was to sell to an American investment company. Um, look, these things happen and moving so fast, they'll do what's in their best interest. I just question the incentives and why they would prefer to sell to an American investment company. Um, that, to me, would make me very suspicious about the Glazers having um, an external influence getting a share of future profits. And once you need to get privatized, once their accounts get privatized, there'd be no way to track that. Um, so they would only, I could completely see a conversation with potential owners where an investment company sits down with them and says, look, you're toxic to the brand. We know that, you know that. So why don't we do this? You sell the football club to us at a knockdown price. We will give you a share of future profits. You remain invisible and peripheral and we'll pay it to a company somewhere in the Caymans you still have some um, uh, influence uh, in terms of our direction in terms of the business um, everyone's a winner I could see something like that happening so I don't have any evidence that that's happening but um, that, that I think that that's something that's with the Glazers they're quite predictable in what they're doing. Uh, I mean, look, I don't think it's a major shock in it for sale. I think they've always been for sale. If someone's stupid enough to offer them the right price. Um, but uh, I think if you're a price-conscious billionaire, I would, I would wait. Because the Glazers' situation will become more and more desperate by the day. And let United bleed. I mean, you could definitely get United. If, if, if they don't have major... Uh, 30s or, or people from that part of the world that have unlimited funds come forward then someone like a Jim Ratcliffe would be able to pick that football club up at a much cheaper cost this summer and beyond the Glazers can no longer afford to run this football club they will want this football club sold by the summer they will they, they will not I mean January they can get away with you know uh, Parcel money. They can they could they can make excuses, get through, get through it, whatever, and not spend a lot of money. But they're not going to get away with that next summer. So, we, in my opinion, have one more transfer window left with the Glazers at the helm. 
I don't think the Glazers would. I would be stunned if the Glazers still own this football club by next summer, and I think they would be too. Um, see what else we got here. Um, heard Ratcliffe would do on his own without any of us, so maybe he joins up with others. Um, you know, Gary Navo was involved with um, Jim Ratcliffe and Ineos, which was part of the reason why he was so vocal about the Glazers and wanting them to sell. Um, I, I, uh, I, 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 I don't know anything about whether Jim would get other people involved or not. Um, I'm not even sure if Jim Ratcliffe was totally serious. Um, I was told that you know he'd made an offer for Chelsea like really late in the day. No one, it wouldn't be accepted. Um, I think uh, he's had a bit of a strange um, strategy on this. You know, he came out in the summer and knows exactly what he's doing by giving people hope that he's interested in buying the football club. Said the club's not for sale. Two weeks later, it is for sale. Now, people who know about business know exit strategies don't happen in two weeks. You don't make a decision to sell Manchester United in two weeks. That's an ongoing process. And if someone like me was getting solid information in the summer that the club was, you know, for sale, I refuse to believe that Jim didn't know that. I understand why he would say that, because it's not in his interest to get uh, to come out and say a football club's for sale and then of course alert other potential buyers, which of course will push the price up. But um with Jim I, I would be surprised. As much as I would be my preference, I would be surprised if he ends up owning the football club. Um, I don't think this is true. You know, if you look at United's commercial, if you look at United's revenue, if you don't have to pay debt, you don't have to pay dividends. United could spend a couple of hundred million every year. You know, so um, maybe there's an argument that City and Newcastle will push that price up and you need to spend more than that. I don't know. But, you know, United are a commercial machine when they're being run properly. The problem is the Glazer ownership now shadows, overshadows everything. Even if you have FA Cup success or Euro Europa League success, no one's taking that serious because no one really believes under the Glazer ownership United you know, will win a Premier League again or will win a Champions League again. That's a major problem for commercial partners. Also, one of the things that's very different from 2005 is all United's commercial partners are easily accessible online. In 2005, there was no Twitter. You know, you couldn't get to these sponsors very easily. Um, now it's very easy to target them. And they, I mean, no one's paying for brand association with a football club and paying an exorbitant amount of money to be abused online. Uh, and in other aspects, of course, a balance of generational talents. Uh, I had Harry Redknapp on my podcast and he said to me, he was the best young player he's ever had above Lampard. Um, he gave him his debut at Birmingham. Uh, it's just a, a colossal fuck up for me. I did the same with Holland. Um, Joao Felix cannot see it happening. No way. Would be amazed if he needed to do that. Um, greetings from Lurgan. All the best out there. Beautiful God's country. Hey, damn it. Let me see. What does your feeling say about Well, I've covered that. Um, what is this one? Will the New York Stock Exchange be an issue when it comes to Middle Eastern? No, they won't care. Uh, once um, you know those shares get get bought, uh, you know they, they they don't care who owns it. Um, you look at Twitter. I mean, Twitter is essentially owned by the Saudis. I know Elon Musk is a big part of it, but 
a large part of that money is Saudi money. And uh, this is, of course, why the United States government uh, have asked for national security reasons, why you agree with it or not, I don't care. Um, I don't know enough about it to, to give an educated opinion, but they're obviously looking at that from a, a national security standpoint. So as far as owning Manchester United and New York Stock Exchange, no one will care. The fear is if new owners will go private, we have no end. Correct. This is something that um, is really, really important. The 1958, other fan groups have done an unbelievable job making their voice heard. And one of the things that the 1958 need to be commended about is the fact that their protests are hard to attack. Once you get into lawlessness, once you dilute the message, once you start making about, you know, other things except the ownership, you want to, you want them to die, and it's about transfers and everything else. It becomes really easy to attack that. Well, in 1958, haven't gone and threatened them. They haven't threatened violence. They haven't made it about anything other than their ownership, and there's plenty there. To, to, to nail them on with the diluting that message. So um, I think any potential new owner, and I think this is another reason why the Glazers wanted to silence that, that, that type of protest, is that they're afraid of other potential buyers who have a similar mindset to them, thinking this is going to be done to us too. You know, of course we're going to lower the price of the, of, of the assets. So this is why over the last few months, it's been so important for people like the 1958 and others to make their voices heard in a way that is, that is like a scalpel, you know, that is constructive, that is deliberate, that is, is not mired in violence and everything else. And so once you do that, um, any potential owner of this football club will be aware that um, the other fans will do that to them too. So I think that does eliminate some potential buyers because you know there's no potential in an LBO or anything doing anything like that again. Um, it is self-sufficient, correct. Badly needs investment, but they are. Is it true that the Glazers are against state-owned clubs and that's the reason to buy or any other? No. Glazers couldn't care less. I mean, you have to understand who the Glazers are. This is a family who were sued by trailer park families for illegal rent hikes because these people who at the very bottom of society, um, you know, the most vulnerable, and they're being charged extra for having the audacity to, 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 to uh, procreate, to have children, um, dogs, cats, it's despicable. These are people that were sued by Harley Davidson because uh, the pump and dump was stocked. These are people that were sued by their own family over an inheritance. These are not benevolent people. Um, so they don't care. I mean, we have to remember, the Glazers have already sent Richard Arnold over to Saudi Arabia uh, to do commercial uh, sponsorship deals. They were also over there for the cricket. They couldn't care less. Uh, well, like I said, um, they they will have seen what happened with Chelsea. They've seen Chelsea. The people have prepared for Chelsea. They also clearly let Liverpool go first to see what buyers emerge from the woodwork. If you see stories that Liverpool are about to be bought, I would be very confident you need to have a buyer because no one's going to buy Liverpool. And I don't mean to be disrespectful to Liverpool, magnificent football club that it is, massive football club, of course. Um, I don't think... 
if you've got the money to buy United in Liverpool, you buy United. Uh, as simple as that. So um, if Liverpool end up getting bought, I'd be very confident United you know, have a buyer already signed, done deal, already nailed on. Um, but there's there's been plenty of interest in United, um, and there's been uh, wealthy individuals. Uh, I have to, I, I can't make some of this public because. Um, I've been asked not to, but there's obviously wealthy individuals who have shown interest in United. Uh, from the US, be a good option. I honestly don't know anything about them yet, so I, I don't know. Uh, something that Muppeteers put out, so I was wondering. Uh, Glazers are scum. Uh, James, United Muppeteers is exceptionally well informed, I can tell you that. Um, I actually was amazed some of the stuff that he knew. Um, so. All I can say is I vouch for his, his the accuracy of his information um, and the veracity of it, and uh, the um, you know I, I think James is is very well informed. So I haven't seen what they put out to be honest, but um, I know he he is someone that um, is connected in this process because I know uh, I've got an idea who they're talking to. Is the Glazers selling to Americans because it's quicker? No, I don't think it's because it's quicker. Um, once they get a buyer in place, uh, you know, if it takes an extra two months, it'll mean that you know they're not going to throw away a couple hundred million because it's going to take an extra sixty days or something like that. So I don't think it'll be that. I think, like you said, I've explained why I think that that's their, their preference. Um, will Chaffer be brought into the same stratosphere as a new one? Of course, absolutely, um, and and that's something that has to happen. Look, I don't think it's. A necessity needed need to have craft beers on 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 top, and then needs to be, you know, comfy seats. There's still something to be said for a stadium that, to me, transcends both the modern and the historical, you know. But uh, it's clear that United are that football stadiums in Bali need of investment. Uh, Liverpool have peaked in value. United have been shaped for ten years. Um, if Liverpool had peaked in value, so have United for the same reason. They define each other. So the Premier League are desperate for a Liverpool United Arsenal type of domination. That type of, you know, that is an easy commercial sell. Um, City and Newcastle just don't have the same appeal. So uh, I still think, and clearly investors do too, that, um, you know, I've been hearing for 20 years that the Premier League, is a, the, the clubs have peaked financially and they always find new ways to, to maximise revenue. I still think the Champions League or some type of format will happen in the very near future, maybe next five or six years, um, where there's going to be something, uh, uh, an acceptable version of the Super League, I think will happen. And I also still think there's money to be made in streaming rights that um, will come with it. So I still feel that there's some untapped potential for commercial revenue. I also feel that if United are properly funded and successful on the pitch commercially, um, there's still tremendous room for growth. Uh, I wouldn't really know 20-30%. Yeah, here's the thing. The Glazers have been trying to get this type of investment for years, right? They haven't been successful. They have been completely unsuccessful at convincing investors that you know they would not be a, a, a problem remaining involved. Uh, so if you're the Glazers, you have a dilemma. 
If you want to sell 30% of this football club for the purpose of building a stadium um, and, and building infrastructure, why would you dilute 30% of your ownership to reinvest that money back in the club? They've never done that. They Obviously, if they could sell 30% of the football club, take that money out, they would. But no one wants to do that because there's no potential for prosperity when they're involved. So I, I, I don't see it happening in any way. And if, if it was going to, it would have happened already. All right, HBAC. Um, I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, the women's don't know. Refurbish ads, stand, monetize, old traveler, knock it down. I don't think United will knock it down. They have a problem, obviously, with not owning the land around Old Trafford. Um, so I think uh, Old Trafford is a listed building, if I remember correctly, because the Glazers get into a court battle with the city of Manchester um, a number of years ago. Uh, part of when they leveraged the buyout, obviously Old Trafford was included in that. There was some talk, I think, around 2010 about possibly selling it. Um, with a, with a buyback lease. And I think if I'm correct in saying, I'd need to double check this, the city of Manchester took them to court over that uh, to prevent that from happening. So I don't think they'll knock it down. Yeah, Bernabeu is unreal. And this is of course, part of what you needed to competing with is that when you're a top football club, when you're a top player going off, you'll have the choice between United, Real Madrid, any top club and United are bringing a player to a football club that looks like they've just jumped on a time machine going back 20 years. You're trading off your past. So um, that investment in infrastructure is so badly needed. So, um, and this will of course affect the price. Let me see, at least US investment fund on the stadium players. Listen, I work with US investment companies. US investment companies I remember a situation that happened, company that I worked for that were bought and uh, they dismissed a bunch of people on day one. Uh, one of the individuals had worked for that company for 42 years and I was on the phone call when he said, I've worked for you for 42 years. I said, no, you worked for us for one day. These people do not care about you, me, humanity, values, they don't care, right? They have one goal and that's profit. And in the ruthless pursuit of profit, that's when you get situations like we'll sell Old Trafford. That's when you get situations like we'll sell the name and rights. Well, that's when you get, we're going to go on a 20 game tour of this, this summer um, all over the world rather than prepare for a season. Um, that's when you get contract renewals for players based on resale value. That's when you get um, constantly nickel and dimed on the on money ball type bullshit. How's this player going to get us make us money three four years? No investment companies buying Casemiro, right? So don't be so confident that that's what they'll come in and do. Their job, they will look at United and say, how do we flip this in four to five years for a massive profit, just like the Glazers did. They took a lot longer, but don't be thinking they're going to come in, lavish spending on United. Um, these are these people are masters at squeezing money out of the impossible. So I wouldn't be so confident on that. Uh, will the new ownership fund the state? They'll have to. You know, I mean, whoever, this is, of course, a big problem for United. 
is that the Glazers and parsimony is affecting their ability to sell the football club. You know, because the stadium, you know, when they bought the football club, they took the money for the quadrants and spent it. So their lack of investment in the football club is affecting the price. They see United's value in their, their brand, not the infrastructure or anything else. So they believe they'll get it whether they'd have invested in the infrastructure or not. And I think this is how you determine good, bad, good, good owners from bad owners. If you've got owners that are willing to invest in the club, not your team, then these are people that are here for the long haul, that care that they leave something behind that's better than what they inherited. So um, the Glazers have never done that. And I think they're, they're finding that out right now, that uh, unless you're a Middle Eastern uh, you know, individual with bottomless pits of cash, um, for anyone else, you know, these all affect the appraisal value of the football club. Um, so whoever comes in, you, they're, they're going to have to clear debt. What I was told, their initial asking price was 3.75 billion plus the debt. So four and a half billion there or thereabouts. Plus, you're going to have to have another billion to build a stadium, infrastructure, everything else. So, you know, it's it's essentially a five to six billion sale. That's a lot of money. Let me see. It's amazing to look for profit spent. Bingo. <clears throat> I'm seeing the rumors of Glazers already have a bar. Well, they have interested parties. There's a number of potential buyers. Um, from what I understand, they've been given LOIs, letters of intent, proof of funds from certain individuals. Um, they won't sell that football club until they're confident they've got, they've, they've reached the ceiling on the price. Uh, the problem is for them, they can't hold on to it too long because the football club badly needs um, revenue to continue to function. So if you need to take another slide, you know, I believe that after Brantford, they were legitimately concerned about what would happen to the value of the football club. If you looked at United's form up to that Brantford game, it was relegation form over the last 20 games. Serious concern. I think they were really concerned about what would happen to the value of the football club if that continued to happen. So they sanctioned spending on the premise that they would get it back in a sale anyway. So... Um, as I've said before, the equivalent of fat and the cow before slaughter. So I think um, for them, they can't hold on to it too long. Uh, so I think that the football club will be sold in the next three to four months. I certainly prefer Middle East investment. I just, I, I don't really care where they come from. I just want them to be decent people. Um, what is the price? I just covered that. Sorry, mate. Uh, let me see if there's any, any more. I think we're done there, folks. I don't think of any more that I've seen. Uh, let's see. Anyway, I think that'll do us, folks. 45 minutes. Um, just want to say thank you to each and every one of you for all your downloads, likes, retweets, follows, everything else. I hope you're physically and mentally well. And uh, I'll be back again later on in the week. I'm doing a podcast on Thursday with Kieran Maguire. Of course, uh, the brilliant Kieran Maguire, where we're going to look at this in much more detail about why the Glazers are selling now, why it's so important that they sell now, and um, what we should expect from potential owners going forward. So uh, I'll have that out on Thursday. So uh, go ahead and tweet me your questions. If uh, I'll tweet a link out to that podcast. Tweet me your questions. If there's anything you want me to ask Kieran, I will. Other than that, folks, take it easy. Hope you all enjoy the World Cup. Uh, much love to you all. Take it easy.